You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Service is our great covenant. Yes. 
peace. To speak the truth in love. And to help one another.
memories from this past Sunday worship at Minnehaha Falls was when you, Amy, led us through the creation and the stopping away. It was pretty cool. We did the wave like you do in a sports event or in a concert, right? Where like you like rise and fall and it starts on one side and it goes across the congregation. It was super fun to do that. And then even more so to practice, because I think you said, Amy, what if it's a wave of ignorance? Do we want to continue the wave of ignorance? No, we do not. So the wave started at one side, and people started rising and falling, rising and falling, and then somewhere around the middle, no. I love doing embodied things. I love recognizing how it feels to say no with my body. There is a different understanding for me when I do it with my body. And one of the things that I understood as I was doing that last Sunday was that you probably don't want to do that alone. You don't want to find a way and then say no, because what's going to happen? Oosh. Yeah, like the wave is going to win, right? We cannot take on waves by ourselves. We can't stop things so we can't stop injustice alone and that is what our white capitalist heteropatriarchal ableist culture would have us believe because we have been sold stories of single heroes over and over again as they defeat the evil empire it does us no favors to have these stories, to have these standards set for us, because we're not Luke Skywalker, and we're not going to single-handedly blow up the Death Star. And these heroic stories are inaccurate. That is not how social change happens. That is not how you make change.
powerful me, for me to recognize that I have been programmed to believe goodness looks only one particular way. I learned to put more words to this when I read Sharon Welch's A Feminist Ethic of Risk in seminary. And I want to tell you more about it. I, and I want to name that I've already talked about it with some of you at anti-racism in the park. And that it's not a one and done conversation. I'm going to talk about this many times because this concept that I want to share with you today is a pretty big paradigm shift. And I think it's one of the paradigm shifts that we need to make as a community if we really mean what we say about being and living the beloved community. So anytime you shift a paradigm, it takes repetition. Here is one installment in this process. Let's start with the idea of ethics. Ethics is the study of what is good and moral. So when you're an ethicist, like Sharon Welch, you want to look at how do people define what makes you good. And what she does is she compares two different ethics, the ethic of control, which is the ethic that the white middle class has of defining goodness with the ethic of risk, which she has distilled from the writings of African-American women in particular, some men, and some liberation theologists. She's comparing these two ethics. And so on the one hand, we have this ethic of control. That's the hero story. The ethic of control assumes that in order to be good, you have to be able to control the outcome of your actions. When you are able to control the outcome of your actions, then you are good. Which is important and powerful for us to recognize because what happens if things are out of your control? You don't feel good in a moral sense. If you feel like you're a bad person, that's pretty heavy. That's not something that anyone wants to feel. So with this ethic of control, the hero always controls the outcome. A hero can, in fact, stop the ocean by themselves. And the problem is that ableism and racism and trans antagonism and all of these other forms of oppression, they're too big. And then what happens for people who have taken in this ethic of control, white people and people of color who have internalized this ethic, and you realize that these problems are too big and too complex to fix alone, then we fall into what Sharon Welch calls cultured despair. The more you know, the less you do. The more you analyze, the less able you are to choose what's next. And that makes sense, because if we know something is impossible, why would we even try? Why bother? Why would we want to take on a wave all by ourselves? So the key is to redefine how do I know that I'm good? How do I know that I'm doing my part? And this is where we lean into the ethic of risk. Now, for those of us who have grown up in marginalized cultures, 
and we have maybe internalized the ethic of control, our job is to remember what we've already been taught. That we need all of us to make it. That we do things with and for each other. So here's the definition of the ethic of risk. It has three components. Responsible action, grounded in community, strategic risk-taking. Responsible action means that you don't just go out harebrained every time you see a problem and you throw on a cape and here I go, I got it. No. That you engage in a community and in a conversation and with your partners and you figure out what is the right next thing to do together. So it's a considered, careful, loving, responsible action. That again, grounded in community, grounded in conversation, grounded in the we, and that is strategic. Why is it strategic? Well, because if the problem is this big, you can't take on all of the different fights all at once. You have to be strategic about who's gonna do which part. And we organize. You do this one and I'll do that one. And then we'll come back. And then we'll keep talking about it. So strategic, responsible risk-taking in community. How do I know that I'm part of the Rebel Alliance and I'm doing my part? How do I know that I'm good? Not because everything turns out how I planned it, but because I show up. I belong to a community like this one. I am deliberate and full of care when I choose what risks I take. I'm willing to try new things, even if I don't know if they're gonna work. Together we can be experimental, we can be curious, we can be creative, we can be willing. And this community of communities is an excellent place to practice this because we have covenant. We have the agreement to return to right relationship. And we have values in common. We've agreed this is what we want. And when we do this, then we will continue to build this community. We will be in better right relationship. We will be more inclusive. We will be radically welcoming. And in the larger community, we will also support the projects that bring love and safety for all. So as I bring this invitation to a close, I want to share a passage of Sharon Welch's writing with you. She says, the ethic of risk takes us far from the comfortable prayer of Reinhold Niebuhr. God grant me the courage to change what I can, the serenity to accept what I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's a familiar prayer, right? We've, we've heard that prayer before. Dr. Welch says, the drive of moral life is that we can never know the difference between that which we can change and that which we cannot. Our challenge is to move creatively in a very different sort of adventure, one whose prayer is more like this. What improbable tasks with which unpredictable results shall we undertake today? What improbable tasks with which unpredictable 
results shall we undertake today? In training an ethic of control for an ethic of risk and then living out this ethos, we can neither undo the past nor control the future, but we can learn from the past and we can move creatively, responsibly, and compassionately in the present. I invite us all into this ethic of risk. I invite those of us who were raised with it to remember it and to lean into that memory. I invite those of us who were trained to work hard and well in order to control the outcome of our actions to release that. Let's release that definition of goodness in this community. Let's try new things together. Let's take risks together. Let's learn together. Let's learn it here, where we offer each other accountability and grace, where we make mistakes and do better. And as we learn it here, then we take it out and we apply it in the rest of our lives. May it be so. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F I R S T U N I V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.